Welcome to Tiki Central Canada. Ever wonder what's in that cool, refreshing drink that you just have to have on that hot summer's day? Mmm, me too. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. He has left society. He has entered Tiki Central with palm trees, beach sand, blue skies, and God, get me a drink now. Here's your hosts, Craig, Paula, and Mark, and their wacky views in drinks, life, and maybe information. Hey folks, hey, how's it going? It's Craig here from Tiki Central Canada. I'll be your bartender, mixologist, and hopefully information for the hour. See how it goes. And yes, we are via internet for unfortunately for our first show of 2022. Uh, We're in a third stage of COVID, and so that's why we're doing it via internet. So on my screen is our Tiki expert, Mark. And how are we doing today? We're doing okay. We're cold. We're freaking cold. It is stinking cold. Oh my God. (laughs) It's like 17 layers of cold. Yeah, it's 17 layers of clothes you need to wear just to go outside. It is negative 30 Celsius outside, folks. And I think if you had the wind chill in there, you're looking at probably about a negative 35 Celsius. And what the funny thing is, tomorrow, it's always zero. And then it goes back to negative 25. I I, I don't understand this concept. Like, how does this work? It's like negative 30 one day, zero the next, and then negative 25 the next one after that. I Sure, let's just go with that. It's how potholes are made. Oh, God. Yes. Unfortunately, Paula is not with us. She is actually, I think if I remember correctly from her Facebook page, she's skiing in this temperature. Oh man, she's going to be like chiseled to a to a um, ski lift chair. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. Yeah, I never thought of that. You go down the ski lift chair and you're like freezing. You're at- okay, so then I have to ask this question. Million dollar question mark. Yeah. Did you ever stick your tongue on a pole in the winter not time. a pole but one of those aluminum saucer toboggans i uh, yes i did <laughs> every guy and, is this. yeah and it's just like uh, it, uh, oh yeah i'm an idiot <laughs> <laughs> it's like the curiosity kills a cat you just gotta know right you have to know yeah. like it's yeah yeah oh my god okay so i have to ask how did you remove yourself from this metal saucer then well unfortunately I did not put very, just the very tip of my tongue on it. And so I just pulled back and it left a little bit of frozen flesh on the, on the saucer. <laughs> oh, God. Thank God there was no social media to get that picture. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Oh, you yeah, were just so this little picked on in school. Yeah. Why is your tongue bleeding? Oh. Ah. Uh, snakes? Why aren't you uh, talking today? Ah. Uh, badgers? Ah. I don't know. <laughs> badgers? Ah. <laughs> Mine was a metal pole, uh, so yeah, thank God, actually, did have someone had water with them in a bottle. So, uh, if you do recommend, by the way, if you do go out and try this, okay, and putting your tongue on a pole, please, please do have a company, you know, a friend or a family member with you, and make sure they have some water. Mark, what were your suggestions? You said uh, I think we talked about this previously. Oh, if you have, if you're by yourself, just grab a handful of snow if you can reach it. Like if you put your tongue way up on the pole, you won't be able to actually reach the snow. So if yes, you're going to yes. be stupid enough to do this, be yes. smart enough to do it near the bottom of the pole. There we go. Good, some good advice for all you pole uh, tongue guys out there. There we go. Oh my god. Oh yeah. So yes, and of course, this is something that guys do. We're we're just we're stupid. We're just we have to know right 
is all these things. I remember as a kid, as a guy, you, we just do because you just had to know. You know, it's just stupid stuff, right? Yeah, here, stick your tongue on this battery. Just, oh, uh, yeah, 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 that yeah. one too. What happens? I don't know. You try it. Okay, <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> uh, Again, uh, we don't recommend any of this stuff to you guys out there. <laughs> oh, God. But we hope everyone is being safe. Yes. Hope everybody's doing well. And remember, be careful out there. Yes. Yes. Uh, if you can, guys, try to get your vaccines, try to get your boosters. I've had my booster, Sean. Uh, Mark, have you had your booster yet? I've been boosted. Whole family's been boosted. Yep. And still, you know what? This is weird. This strand that's coming out now, I know more people that are getting it than before on the other two strands. Like, I, I yes. bef- before I would just hear the numbers and I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, I don't know anybody. So, whatever, whatever, whatever. But actually, now this strand is coming out now. I actually know people who've got it. It's yeah. wow. It's amazing. Yeah, I know a number of people. My whole in laws, they all they got hammered with it. Oh, so please, yeah, be safe, folks, folks there. And uh, hey, if anything, if you're isolating, hey, guess what? Listen to the show. Go back and listen to all the years of Tiki Central yeah. Canada. That'll keep you yeah. entertained and make all the drinks. Perfect. Yeah. And there so, speaking of being entertained, yes. Segway King here. What are we talking about today, Craig? <laughs> On that note, yes, as Mark would say, uh, or I would say, but Mark's just saying in a different way. Oh, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about the Royal Hawaiian Cocktail and the hotel. So, Mark, have you actually stayed at this hotel? Because I know you went to Hawaii. Or, yes. Okay, first of all, yeah. how many times have you been to Hawaii? Only the once. Okay, only the once. And it's been, it's been yeah. a long time, right? It's been quite yeah, a long we, time. Yeah, it was a family vacation, so. Okay, so that's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Homer was being attacked at the time. Okay, we got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, did you actually visit this hotel? You can't miss it. I did not actually go into this hotel, but you cannot miss it on Waikiki. It's this monstrous pink awesome looking building that takes up so much it seems like acres of Waikiki mm-hmm. uh, Linda stayed back when she was a uh, family vacation stayed next door to it and uh, when we were there we went to a uh, Duke Kamanahoko bar next door but we ha- I have not been to that actual hotel ah okay so maybe somewhere down the line for Mark's adventures Mark will venture oh, into the Royal Hawaiian there we go the Royal Hawaiian cocktail I- yes I know I've been lucky enough to have a preview. So uh, why don't you tell people what's in this drink? All right. So yes, the Hawaiian Hawaiian cocktail. So let's talk about the recipe. Uh, Since now we've obviously, me and Mark have made it and we've tried it out. So we're going to do an ounce and a half of Empress gin. We're going to do a half ounce of fresh lemon juice or lime juice, if you know me. Uh, One and a half ounces of unsweetened pineapple juice. Now, if you do have sweetened pineapple juice, it's not the end of the world. That's what I've used to. So actually for this recipe, actually, that's what I did use. Because uh, I don't have unsweetened pineapple juice. Mark, you do have unsweetened pineapple juice, right? Yeah, I'm like, able to find it in uh, those Tetra packs. So they just kind of sit around for a year and I always have it available. Ah, so good to know. So basically, if somebody's looking for unsweetened pineapple juice, you recommend where to go? Well, it doesn't actually say unsweetened. It says no sugar added. Ah, okay. I don't know so if that's the same. It should yeah, be, no, but that eh, is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right, and then on the recipe, it says a teaspoon of orge syrup, but on a lot of the recipes, I know it's also said a half ounce of orge, and that's actually what I used in mine. I put over half ounce of orge because I love orge. Now, here's some questions for the audience, because I know you dropped off some of the Empress Gin there. Now, the first thing is the orge, or the orja, or the orgiate. What is this <laughs> stuff? <laughs> yeah, I know. It depends on what part of the world you're in, how you pronounce this. It's like orget, I think, in the States. Uh, orge in Canada or parts of the world. Now, you were saying it has some sort of similarity to a movie star. It was like, yeah, 
Zsa Zsa Gabor. Ah, that's yeah, where one okay. of the books I said yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. Uh, pronounced the same as Zsa, like Zsa Zsa Gabor. So it's or Zsa. But or that, like ja. I said, that sounds that sounds pretty. Uh, it's like saying pecans instead of pecans. <laughs> People it's just like, kind of raise an eyebrow. Oh, pecans. Yes, yes. It's like, that's, that's what's that Frank Sinatra song? It's like, you say pecans, I say pistachios. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, say whatever, tomatoes, yeah. I say tomatoes. Yeah. Let's call the whole thing off. Yeah. Here we go. That's the song. So, yeah. Cool. So, orja, I think, is what it's supposed to be. But yes. we'll just call it almond syrup. There we go. So, yes, it is actually an almond syrup. Now, if you're trying to find it, you can find it in a specialty coffee shop near you. Um, you can make it. There are some recipes for it. Um, Mark, I'm sure we talked about this beforehand. You probably made it before just like I have. It's not exactly an easy recipe to make. No, it's not. And it's not an easy recipe to get really nice and clear, I found. Yes. Uh, with a lot of these syrups, you have to practice trial and error. And uh, I know a lot of bars make it themselves. They make it once a week. So it's, it's not an impossibility. But unless you're drinking an awful lot, I would just buy it. Yeah, because the shelf life when you make it, it's just like the fl- the flurum. It only has maybe one or two weeks on it. Where if you go buy it, then it has a longer shelf life. Now, I remember correctly, you did bring me some stuff from, um, what was the orgy you brought me? Was it Latitude? Yes, it's Beach Bum Berries, Latitude 29, his own stuff. There we go. I was at one of the tiki things, tiki conventions, and the company that Beach Bum um, farmed it out to, they were there selling his and their own. So I was ah. able to pick up stuff for all of us. That's awesome. There you go. So if you are on Latitude 29, you can also check it out there. Now, the other one was, the other question was, you were very thankful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you brought a sample of the Empress Gin here. Uh, first of all, smells amazing. Second of all, it's purple. Yes. Now, what about this gin? Okay. So Empress Gin actually is a handcraft in a small batch copper pot still. It's a collaboration of Victorious Distillers and the legendary Fairmount Embers Hotel in Victoria, BC. So this is a Canadian product that is worldwide known because when I look for the recipes for the Royal Hawaiian, this is the gin that they would use. So we have a Canadian product now that's being used in Hawaii and the States. So I was very impressed by that. And uh, like you said, I dropped off some and we got some for this show. It's very floral, like rose petals. But it's not very bitter, so it's very strange or very um, sour. So, example, I have one at work. It's from uh, Dun Robin. It's an Earl Grey gin, and the same thing. It's a, basically a very floral infusion gin, and it's very. It's got more of a bite to it. This doesn't have a bit of a bite to it. So, if you don't like something that's very uh, peppery or very booze forward, let's say, this is a good gin to use because it is not booze forward. It's got a lot of floral notes in it. And it's a great product to use, especially in a tiki drink because it's purple, like Mark said. So when we make this drink, you've got this lovely purple haze at the top of your drink. Super tropical, looks very pretty and great presentation. I loved it. So other than the purple, is there any other gins that you can substitute for it? Yeah. So if you can't get the Embers Gin, don't use something like Bombay because on Bombay, it's got so many botanicals in it that it will wipe out all the other stuff. Like your OJ is going to be gone. Your pineapple juice is going to be gone. Um, yeah, you're going to lose it all. So, And if you just use a regular London dry gin, then all you're going to taste is basically this is the pineapple and the OJ and the lime juice. You're not going to taste any of the floral stuff that comes off this gin. The suggestions they say online now, it is a bit sweeter if you do the suggestion is to use blue carousel. 
So you could do an ounce of dry London dry gin and then a half ounce of blue carousel. That is going to make it sweeter. You're not going to get any of the rose notes or any of the floral floral notes that this gin has. Now, if you do have a floral gin in your library, uh, please do use that because you will get the, I mean, it's just the pineapple and the orge with the floral notes. It's just very tropical. It just automatically, I think me and Mark talked about off mic. It just, you instantly feel like you're in the tropics. It's, it's amazing to drink it and to feel that warmth. You know what I mean? Especially on a winter day like today. So with the instructions that you forwarded me now, what, when I put it together, this isn't shaken or stirred. It's actually a little bit of both. Yes. What you're going to do is you're going to shake all the ingredients except for the gin and no ice, by the way, in your shaker. So that's going to be your pineapple juice, your lime juice or lemon juice, whatever you're going to use, uh, and your orge. Shake that up, no ice, pour that into a Collins glass. Now, it's funny because when we actually, I sent this recipe to Mark originally, he said, Craig, this is a really small drink. And I didn't actually do the research completely all the way to find out exactly how it's supposed to be presented. And then I realized what it is when you pour it into the Collins glass, there's probably about maybe three ounces at the bottom of your glass you're going to get from this. And then what you do is you actually add a full glass of crushed ice. So fill the glass up with crushed ice. And then you do is take the gin and then pour it on top. You're supposed to technically floating it, but really with the crushed ice, it's super easy to float because all you got to do is pour it really slowly over the crushed ice. So what you're going to then at the end, you're going to have this nice purple hue at the top and yellow at the bottom. It's super colorful. It looks amazing. And then you're going to garnish that with a pineapple wedge and some leaves from the crown of the pineapple uh, to make it a little more tropical and of course a straw. And you're and you're great to go, and it looks so pretty. And Linda actually liked it too, I guess, eh? Oh, she loved it. She came downstairs and just raving. Oh, it's great. Now I have to go buy some of this. <laughs> no, Mark's gonna buy another bottle now. This show is costing Mark some money. <laughs> he's making ginger yeah, so, syrup on the side. He's buying gin. It's like, oh yeah. So yeah, so absolutely uh, for all the listeners out there, seek out Empress Gin and just. And impress your friends just how amazing it looks. It's just, it's a nice, simple drink uh, with just a few ingredients and it tastes great. Yeah. And with the crushed ice, like we said, you don't have to do the skill set of floating anything because of the crushed ice. It will literally will float for you. So then you're entertaining guests. You bring this out to them and you're like, wow, this purple haze at the top and the yellow on the bottom. It's a great presentation. So what was your comments on the drink? What were you thinking when you actually, no, uh, let me get my first comment is that after the presentation, you've got it and you make it and you do float the gin on top and you put the straw down, you will, if you do suck on the straw without stirring it, you will get all the orgy and pineapple juice right off the bat. So please, yeah, if you, unless you don't like it super sweet, stir it up a bit, get all the flavors in there and then try it out. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it was uh, it was looking outside of the, the minus 30 and drinking that thing, it was it was wrong. It was just like, there's two different... <laughs> <laughs> it was just like I'm not in the right place. Oh, so, yeah. Mark's having a, a battle inside himself, going, "Okay, I feel tropical, but it's freezing outside." Okay, yeah, yeah. So absolutely, <laughs> it's a, it's a definitely a getaway drink. Yes, no matter where you are and what you have to get away from. And hey, if you have a couple of those, you're gonna feel nice and toasty, warm inside for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mark's on the second one there. Here we go. <laughs> So yes, I would highly, highly recommend this. And I'm sure Paula would even like it. She'd probably need a little less gin in it, but. Well, here's the funny thing is that when I actually saw this recipe and I saw that you could do blue carousel, I thought of doing this show with Paula because the blue carousel and the pineapple juice are two of her favorite things because she always talks about it all the time. How many times have we had a drink on the show where she's like, well, if you add blue carousel, Craig, what happens? 
<laughs> so it is one of her favorite ingredients. Yeah. That version would probably, that tweaking would probably work. Yeah. So if you do the blue carousel, if you like something super sweet, like a uh, blue Hawaiian or pina colada, just do the blue carousel instead of the, the gin is top. And yeah, you'll, it'll be even sweeter. So I bet you Paula will love this and we'll have to make it for her because now she's going to be mad at us because we did a show with a costume drink that she's going to like. And we're going to hear yeah. about it for sure. But I'm just going to say, ha <laughs> You weren't there. You were skiing. That's right. <laughs> How dare you enjoy yourself? That's right. That's okay. She'll be back on the next show for sure. There we go. Where'd you get the recipe from? This is great. Okay. So a name that we haven't mentioned in a long time on the show, but it's been on the show a lot of times at the very beginning of the show for sure is Jeff the Beach Bomb Berry. And also this is actually from his book called The Remixed, which is on our cool links. Jeff the Beach Bomb Berry is... Let's explain Jeff Beach Beef Bomberry to, to people, Mark. So if you're getting into tiki and you're not a massive like rum guru or a serious bartender, I think the Jeff the Beach Bomberry books are a better read or a better start to get yourself into tiki than if you do to say like Smuggler's Cove Martin Kate, because Martin Kate is all about, you know, different classifications of rum and different kind of characteristics of rum. And it's 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 a it's a big read where Jeff the Beach Bomberry books, like some of them are literally like 80 pages long and they're very easy to read. And a lot of the recipes are not super complicated. So what's your take on on the two guys between the two of them? Yeah, I think Martin Kate is uh, after you've, what's your next step after your Beach Bomberry? Yes. Definitely. And I think like both are essential once you start getting into it. But to start off with the... uh, uh, the Beach Bomberry books are essential reading. Uh, they're humorous. It's funny. You want to learn more, and you can see his uh, his enjoyment and his thrill in uh, finding these things and getting the recipes. And you want to make those recipes because of the uh, excitement he has presenting them. It's great. Exactly. And I say it's cost me a fortune ever since I got my first one. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Damn you, Jeff the Beach Bomberry. <laughs> And it all yeah. started with the zombie. It all started with the zombie, yeah. Yeah, the Martin Kate book, which is Smuggler's Cove. Now, don't get me wrong. It's an amazing book. But it is definitely a more in-depth read if you're going to get into rums and be a connoisseur of rums, I think. Yeah, and plus, if you want to uh, do the next step up. Yeah. Right? You want to have your own bar. You want to be able to... Uh, able to do everything and uh martin certainly helps you there and it's certainly once again well and there's there's also other books out there now there's, there's so many we should do a show just on books ah there's a good suggestion i never thought of that there we go we will do a, a episode on books there we go coming soon to a theater to you coming soon to tiki central near you imagine a day <laughs> but the only problem is you have to know your dewey decimal system yeah i know <laughs> And all the young people going, what the hell is a Dewey Decimal System? Don't you remember that in, in school, in high school, you had to learn the Dewey Decimal System just to find a book at the library? Yeah. So uh, why can't people just ask librarians? Isn't that what their job is? Hello? What else do they do up there? They just push this little card around. That's all they do. Exactly. What else do they do besides stamp the the you know the expired yeah. books like bang, bang, bang? And look angry at you. Exactly. All right. So actually more about this cocktail and from Jeff the Beach Berry remix book it actually was originally called the Princess Kilani in the early 1920s. And then it was renamed in the 1950s when obviously the Royal Hawaiian Hotel was existing. And they wanted that to be a signature cocktail of their hotel. Very cool. Now, I have been to a Royal Hawaiian, but it, that's the name of a bar in Laguna Beach, California. 
So it's certainly not, not the same thing. Not quite the same thing. Not quite the same thing. <laughs> so this place, like seeing it is just amazing. Do you have any more uh, information on it? Yeah, sure. So let's go through some in-depth information about the Royal Hawaiian Hotel. So on February 1st, 1927, the Royal Hawaiian Hotel opened its doors. It cost $4 million invested from the Matson Navigation Company. So imagine 1927, $4 million, what that converts to into today's dollar signs. That's got to be like a billion dollars easily. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's also known, like I think you said, you mentioned is a big pink building. So actually it is known as the Pink Palace of Pacific. That makes sense. Yes. Now you're asking. It's very big. And it's in the Pacific. <laughs> now you're asking why, and I actually asked myself as in research, why is it pink? Well, the Portuguese influence of the architecture design, that's why it's pink. Yeah, because I've noticed in Florida, there's a number of large pink hotels there as well. It's ah. probably the same influence then. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I noticed that like when you're in the Caribbean, and that's one of the things I love. Actually, I went to when I go to Carousel, which is one of the Dutch islands, the architecture and the colors is very colorful. Like every building is a different color. So there'll be a blue building, a yellow building, an orange building, a red building. It's super colorful. And uh, you'll see that through a lot of the um, architecture in the Caribbean. Now, some more history about this hotel. During World War II, the Navy Recreation and Moral Office leased the Royal Hawaiian Hotel, actually, transformed the residence into a major rest and relaxation center for the Navy personnel. So while in Hawaii, all the Navy would stay actually at the hotel. So they basically took over the building during World War II. Wow. That would be fun if you were in the Navy. Can you imagine that? You're you're staying in a a five-star hotel while serving in the Navy. Not too shabby. Now, here's a cool fact that I'm sure that Mark will contribute or add to. Uh, Webley Edwards, then famous radio program, Hawaiian Calls, which features the singing surf riders and the Waikiki maidens, would have up to 3,000 tourists a day go in and watch them do the radio show at the hotel. That's an amazing number. Now, you have some information about Mr. Webley Edwards. What do we got for us? Well, he originally was from the Midwest, apparently. And uh, he moved to uh, Hawaii in the, uh, 1928 and started doing his broadcast then. Wow. I know. And it was, and the Hawaii Calls was this amazingly popular radio show. Other, We'll get to the other things, the mu- music in a minute. Uh, but he was also the first person to report on uh, the attack at Pearl Harbor. And he also was interviewed the pilot from the Enola Gay when he landed. Wow. So uh, as far as radio goes, he was, there was... He was it for Hawaii. Yeah. Can you imagine like trying to report Pearl Harbor, like what was going yeah. on? Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So his radio show, this is the difference between Exotica and Hawaiiana. Okay. This is Hawaiian stuff. So mm-hmm. you're not going to get a lot of the bird calls, not a lot of the percussion. It's uh, mostly uh, singing and almost Lawrence Welkie for a lot of his right. stuff. He had... Um, how many records did he actually have? I think it's like, if I remember correctly, something around 20 records or something like that. Uh, he writ, uh, wrote and arranged over 151 albums. <gasps> okay, wow. That's bigger than the number than I thought. That's yeah. insane. He actually had 57 of his own records. Right, and the rest were all greatest. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So it was Hawaii Calls, and then the uh, he met up with a gentleman by Al Kialoha Perry, who helped put together all the Hawaiian acts from then on in. Now, that being said, if you're doing your, um, putting together some Hawaiiana, like if you want to do a luau and stuff, his yes. stuff is perfect for it. 
It's uh, pretty cheesy and you can sing along and that kind of stuff. But if you're actually looking for some exotica, there's a couple of releases that you look. From 1958, there's an album called Hawaii Calls Fire Goddess. And it's got this really sultry looking uh, woman with two flaming coconuts, very strategically placed. <laughs> you know, bombs out here. Oh my God. Yeah, we hear a yeah, comment yeah. about that one. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but the, the, the music is actually quite dark mm-hmm. for than the rest of his Hawaiiana stuff. And the next one, which has got an amazing cover, is called Exotic Instrumentals, Favorites of the Islands, Volume 4. And oh, okay. it's got an amazing cover. And that was from 1961. So 58, 61, and his records kept going all the way until uh, 1969. Mr. Vinyl Man here. There we go. Oh, I know. And, uh, well, I think the show kept going right into the 70s. So I don't know how many more records he had after that other than best ofs. So, wow. Yeah, Webley Edwards is, uh, yeah, and you can find most of this stuff in the thrift stores. Right. Okay, so you, you shouldn't be spending more than five bucks on these things ever. <laughs> That's right. They can buy some Mark. He'll tell you there's yeah. a deal out there if he's going to yeah. find one. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's uh, Mr. Edwards. He's a pretty cool dude. And, uh, yeah, so he never actually wrote any of this stuff. I think he may have a, write, a credit for one track called Pearly Shells. But no uh, he was more like an Ed Sullivan type of thing, just a presenter. Ah, okay. So, yeah, okay. So, because he actually had the radio show, right? So, he, he would find yeah. talent and then bring him on the show. Yeah. Okay. I got it now. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, this week's show from the Hawaiian, Royal Hawaiian, features the singing surf riders and the Waikiki maidens. Oh, well, yes. That's what I said. Yeah. Sorry. You're right. right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's what he would do. He was the uh, announcer more than right. the producer more than, so he didn't, he didn't actually play anything. No, but it's just it's amazing that his show went on for that long, like you said, from like, yeah. you know, like you go from like the 20s all the way up to 70s and then 3,000 plus a day going to check out the radio show at the hotel. That's And like I said, how many hundreds, 100 plus albums, like that's just insane. That's that's a massive yeah. number. Yeah, so, so he, he is as much a part of the history of Hawaiiana as anybody else, so. Well, we will definitely put some links on you guys there for you guys to check out some of his songs. Uh, I'm going to do some digging and see if I can find some, maybe some of the links to the old radio shows and put those on there for you guys as well. Check it out. It'd be awesome to see. And uh, yeah, I mean, that guy was a massive influence. Wow. Yeah. Now, the, the hotel itself, is it still the same people owning it? No. So no, it's not the same owners anymore. So and by 1959, after 32 years of the business and the hotel business, the company finally sold their first few hotels that they owned at the time, which is the Mariana, the Royale, the Surf Rider, and the Princess Kalini to the Sheraton Hotel chain for $17.6 million. Again, a big number back in 1959, $17.6 million. Again, that's got to convert into a couple billion dollars today. That's just an amazing number. And obviously, like we've talked about in the past, Sheraton and I think uh, Hilton are the big chains in Hawaii, if I remember correctly, we're talking about? Yeah, Hyatt, Sheridan, Hilton. Yeah, those are the big, big hotels you're going to find on Hawaii for sure. Yeah, exactly. And Disney now. And Well, yeah. They actually have their own hotel chain? Well, they have their resort not on Waikiki, but around by Turtle Bay or wherever, around the they other side. They have their own island, if, if I remember correctly, right? Oh, that's in the Caribbean. Oh, okay. There is a Disney island that you actually have to take a cruise to get to. Yeah. Bastards. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Great. Spend yeah. more money. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to my island. You know what? Because I just actually canceled my Caribbean trip. And now no. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. We had it booked. It was going great. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Air Canada canceled the flights. 
So we're getting all of our money back. It's, of course, one of those ones where you get a credit for some of it, you get a refund for some of it. And uh, yeah, it's it's a mess. <laughs> it's discouraging because you get like, okay, this is the second year in a row we've had to cancel a trip to the South. So, But hey, it is what it is. So we'll uh, just make two trips next year instead of one trip. Did you know? Well, we probably not, actually. Here we, oh, here we go. We're getting a little bit back to normal. Here we yeah. go. January 18th, 1778, Captain James Cook arrived in Hawaii. So you're like, okay, well, Craig, what's James Cook got to do with the show? James Cook, Hawaii, Hawaii, Royal Hawaiian Hotel, Royal Hawaii Cocktail. So this all interlinks. So let's talk about some of his achievements. So he's actually famous for three voyages between 1768 and 1779 in the Pacific Ocean in Australia in particular. Okay. He actually also is known to make a detailed map of Newfoundland and the St. Lawrence Seaway. Now, when he made his detailed map for St. Lawrence Seaway, he actually helped the English in the battle and win their victory at Quebec. Also, too, the maps that he's made for Newfoundland are still being used today. That's how detailed this guy was. I did not know that. There we go. Now, with all his detailing and his astrology, he also was into astrology as well. That actually directed him to be the overseas exploration and led, basically led him to the commissions of 1766 as a commander of the HMS Endeavor to be the first of the three Pacific voyages. So you're thinking, okay, oh yeah, England sent him to Pacific to basically find some land and find some treasures and all the resources that they're looking for. Because that's what they did back then, right? For the most part, Spain, France, and England would send these expeditions across the seas to find treasures and new resources, right? Well, not exactly. This actually voyage had a different purpose to it. So because of his astrology background and obviously his navigational and detailed to mapping, what ended up happening was that the purpose of this voyage was to observe and record on June 3rd of 1769, the transition of Venus going across the sun. So an eclipse of Venus over the sun. And what those would do is with a combined of observations from other places in the world, it would actually determine the distance from the earth to the sun. Now, I don't know the science of this and all this stuff, but I guess apparently if you take these measurements of when it starts the, the eclipse to the end of the eclipse, you can actually determine the distance from Earth to the sun. Did not know that. I did not know that. There we go. To achieve this, they actually send him to Tahiti. They figure this is the most accurate way of measuring out this distance is to send him to Tahiti. So he sent him to Tahiti with some, some scientists. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't succeed. It wasn't as successful as they thought it was, and they didn't quite get all the accurate measurements that they wanted. But they did actually have a second purpose to this voyage, which, of course, is now we talk about any other expedition, is obviously to find some new resources and some treasures. And they were actually looking for a specific area, which is Terra Australia's, which is actually known as Australia today. But instead, what happened is that he actually found New Zealand and mapped out New Zealand. Now, Mark, you've been to New Zealand, correct? I have. Okay. New Zealand actually is two islands. Did yes, you know that? Two, yeah, the, the north and the south. Okay. Did not know that when I did my research? So there's a strait or, or channel of water in between them. It's actually called the Cook Strait. That's where the end of the train, and then you have to take the ferry over to the capital, which is Wellington. Ah, see, there you go. Now, what is cool about New Zealand? What is like, is there anything that's a highlight of New Zealand? Well, New Zealand has essentially everything Canada has in the, about the size of Nova Scotia. Oh, okay. Wow. They have the fjords and the mountains and the skiing and they have the fields and they have the fishing and they have 
then you go up to the north, which is the Bay of Islands. Mm-hmm. It's tropical. They have tropical mm-hmm. fruits growing, all that kind of stuff. No way. Yeah. So you have every possible thing. It's also the, uh, the coolest things about New Zealand. The coolest thing is they have the only on-land albatross colony. How's that? Wow. For, for I did not a, know that. Uh, there you go. There's a trivia question. And it's also, when you go over the very top of the Bay of the uh, Bay of Islands, there's a rock out there and it looks like a big, you know, those coins you used to see with the circle in the middle? Mm-hmm. It looks like that. And in theory, the Maoris say that when somebody dies, they jump off the end of the Bay of Islands, swim through there or walk through there through underneath the water yeah. and then head to the homeland. And the homeland, which brings us right back to the beginning, is Hawaii. Ah, see? Full circle. Full circle. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So there's some cool facts about New Zealand. Um, also, to his second voyage, he did actually end up in Australia. And then his third voyage, which is what we're talking about today, Hawaii. He finally did reach to Hawaii. Um, now, here's the thing. It's not in my script, but it's funny. There's some sort of controversy sort of th- thought about how he died. So, apparently... The first time he landed in Hawaii, the tribes were very friendly and all this stuff. And then he came back and revisited the island and the tribe actually killed him. Now, in my research, if I remember correctly, is because when he first saw him, they thought there's some sort of God. I can't remember exactly from their historical history that there's this God that they thought he was. Now, according to the books that I read is that another season, which he came back, she back obviously later in the year that they have to kill and consume him to kind of clear the air or have good luck or good harvest. <laughs> so there's this rumor that basically they killed him because they thought he was a God. And then there's other people saying, well, no, no, that's not the case. That's not true at all. Um, there's all these controversial um, implications of basically why he was killed by the tribe on Hawaii. Um, well, apparently I'll- he tried to take somebody with him. Oh, okay. Right? And they didn't want him to take anybody with him. Ah, so there's a different story. So there's all these different yeah. theories and stories you hear out there yeah. about how he died. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's no facts. There's no way of proving any of this stuff, of course. And then when the raiding party landed on shore again, whatever, the Hawaiians promptly killed him. And... Um, <laughs> But the interesting thing is the the group of warriors that killed him, uh, the great King Kamehameha was part of that party. Ah, and who who is he, just for all of our listeners? He's the one that united all the islands and created uh, the kingdom of Hawaii as we know it today. Ah, so there you go. So some cool facts about Captain Cook, Hawaii, even things that I did not know that Mark told me. There we go. So I did not know either. Uh, yeah, so there we go. Some cool facts about Captain Cook, about Hawaii, about uh, the Royal uh, Hawaiian Hotel, the Royal Hawaiian Cocktail. I'm telling you, and Mark would concur in this, try this drink out. It is amazing. It's not complicated. It's super easy to make. It takes about maybe, what, like two seconds to make, Mark, right? It doesn't take much at all. Yeah, but it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so there you go. There's some information about the show. I hope you guys were uh, intrigued and, and got some information there for yourselves. And we hope we entertained you. Uh, without Paula, by the way, I think we did a pretty good job considering that we didn't have her. Hopefully uh, people didn't fall asleep this time. There we go. Because apparently, according to one of our guests in the past there, Mark sounds like Dother Sutherland. Yes, Donald Sutherland and uh, doing goodnight, everybody. I don't know. <laughs> 
some calm uh, audio tapes. There we go. Put you to sleep. Uh, yeah. So anyways, let's go tell everybody who we are. We are www.tikicentralcanada.ca. Or .com. There we go. That's Paula's line. I'm sure she's on the Alps there somewhere, frozen to a friggin' pole somewhere, wishing she was here. Uh, and yes, yeah, so let's do it. Yeah, so let's talk about the page. So the website actually has all the information on the main page for this website. Uh, so this episode, I'm getting all tongue tied now. See what these drinks do to me. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so on the main page, yes, you'll find all the information about this episode. You'll find all the recipes, some links we'll put in there for you guys for Edwards. And some other information in there for you guys for Captain Cook. And yeah, so we also do our episode and recipe page. Obviously, breeze through that. It's a cold winter. Get on that recipe page. Check it out. Make some recipes for yourself. Enjoy some cocktails. Like Mark said, this is a warm drink on the inside, warm or cold on the outside. Put on the fireplace channel and pretend you're not here. Uh, well, the commercial, it's hilarious. There's a commercial I saw where the girl cranks up her thermostat to like 98 degrees or something. It puts on a, sh- a sweater or something or a, sh- a tropical shirt, whatever. And she basically pretends like it's tropics in her house. Like, yeah. Oh, there you go. So find some Webley Edwards on the, on the, on the World Wide web and uh, mix this cocktail and uh, away you go. You're, you're in the tropics. Ready to go. Yeah. And also too, we do have our cool link page. So obviously the Jeff, the beach Bombberry remix book will be there for you. Plus other books. If you want to check them out. We do have our subscribe page, so please do subscribe. Please, 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 please. So we can send off an emergency unit to get Paula off the chairlift. I'm sure she's frozen to it by now. (laughs) She's got the St. Bernard coming up to her. That's it. This doesn't taste like Craig's drink. (laughs) You know what? If that actually happened, if the St. Bernard went up there to rescue her, she'd probably be pissed because it doesn't taste like my cocktails, and she'd give the guy the pucker face going, really? Brandy, seriously, what do you think this is? Where's the coconut rum? <laughs> All right. Anyways, we're going to go off and make some drinks. I know Mark's on his second. I'm on my first. And uh, we're going to go off and make some drinks and feel tropical because it is winter outside, folks. And uh, yes, yeah, stay tuned to the next show. Thank you for listening. And hey, this is 2022. When we're going to make it a good year for us. See ya. Mahalo. Aloha. Well, I don't know about you, but I got informed. Guys, hey, guys, where's my drink? So, this is a really good rare. Yeah. This is really great. <laughs> two drinks later. Oh. Two drinks later. I love you, man. I love you. Um,